British Strongman Podcast, episode 17. So today we've got Dave Williams on. Uh, Dave, would you be able to introduce yourself, please, sir? Yeah, sure, mate. First of all, thanks thanks for uh, inviting me on. It's nice to be here. Um, so my name is Dave Williams. I am 39 years old and I live in Cornwall. And I've been doing Strongman for... Ooh, been doing 105 Strongman for four years. And before that, I did a couple of novice, well, I did a, a novice comp and inters and, and that was it really. Um, yeah, in 2017, I won Britain's Strongest Man under 105. And then 2018, 2019, I came second at UK's and Brits both years. So <clears throat> I need to get back on top at some point. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's it really. So what do you do for a job? I'm a fireman in, oh, okay. uh, in Falmouth in Cornwall. Yeah. Right. So where, if you're in Cornwall, where do you train? Do you train at um, Kern, Kern Old Strength, is it? Or? Yeah, it's Kern Old Gym, mate. You know, you know Ryan, don't you? The owner. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I thought when you said Cornwall, I was like, I don't know many gyms down there apart from his, so I assumed you did. Yeah, well, um, I never... So I used to train at a leisure centre for like the best part of sort of 12 or 13 years. And... and Ryan's gym was literally almost a stone's throw away from this leisure centre. And I, I just, I was like bro training all this time and I fancied a bit of a change. And I went and checked out Ryan's gym and I got chatting to Ryan a bit and liked the guy and liked what he was doing and liked his gym and, and joined up there. And I had never done any strongman or anything like that before. And uh, yeah, and Ryan got me into it really. Ryan was a big part in getting me into strongman. So I got a lot to thank to Ryan really. Yeah, that's good. I've, yeah, I've known Ryan from when I first started Strongman. We trained on my drive together. So, uh, and then yeah. he moved down to Cornwall. So, thanks a lot. So, um, yeah, he's been doing it a long time. Got a lot of experience, and not a bad, not a bad guy to learn off. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, <clears throat> he's a bit wasted, to be honest. Like, he's got a lot of potential, isn't he? I mean, his deadlift is cracking, and I know he focuses on that. But he's good at other events, but he never. He never really wants to compete or anything like that, which is fine. But you know, I'm, I'm sure yeah, he, he just loves well training, you... doesn't he? And he does his whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he, uh, he does love his training. He loves to um, do some crazy stuff. But yeah, he's a nice guy. So what what's next for you then, Dave? What what are your goals for? It's obviously, we don't, we we can't predict it too much because of COVID. But assuming we get back yeah. to some kind of normal. I mean, to be honest, mate, I was. I was gunning for Brits again this year. The events um, were fantastic for me. It had two overhead events, and overhead's like my favourite event. I had a, a max dumbbell and an axle for reps. I had a big yeah. heavy deadlift. I think the deadlift was like 320 for reps. So wow. people weren't going to be getting many reps on that. And I, I wasn't going to be getting many, but I would have got a few, which would have given me good points. There was a big heavy farmers, which was like, I think it was 150 or 155. And, and what, uh, pole what, 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 what weight was the axle? Uh, 130, 135, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was really confident about Brits this year. And then, um, you know, lockdown happened. I was still kind of confident that we might be out of it. So I was training through lockdown for it. Um, and then it obviously got cancelled. So, gutted. <laughs> uh, I was really... What, what, no, I was, yeah, go on, mate. 
what what would your goal be on the dumbbell, the max dumbbell? What's your PB and what would you what would you aim for? My, do you think my range? PB is one oh seven. Um, yeah, I got it just before lockdown, actually. Um, but I think the British record, I'm not 100% sure, I think the British record was 110. So I was hoping to try and break the British record. Who's got that? Um, but to, I don't know, mate. I don't know. You know, Craig put up a list of records the other day because he's running this show in March. Um, and I think the dumbbell was 110. I don't know who had it. But... Um, to be honest, in a competition like that, it, I just want the win. I wouldn't really go for a record. It was only like the second event, I think. So it was like, just get the win and move on. Is overhead your like, because um, I've, I've followed you recently after I got told off by uh, Mark Sherry and Craig and I've checked, checked you out a little bit, no homo. And, um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and I've seen that you're a bit of a monster overhead. Is that like your specialty then? Or would you say, not, not really a bit of a static lifter or what? Yeah, I mean, overhead's definitely, uh, it probably definitely is my best event, to be fair. Um, especially overhead for reps. If it's a heavy overhead for reps, I, I really like that. Um, my deadlift, my deadlift isn't the best by any means, but it's always good enough to give me good points. Well, to be fair, my overhead's probably my best event. And then the rest of my events, none of them are like outstanding, but they're all pretty good enough to get me good points in comps. Um, I seem to be better with heavy events rather than light, fast events. I'm not very good at yeah. moving fast. Um, what What did you do at SCL? Was it 320? 320 on the de deadlift? Oh, fuck, yeah. I messed that up a bit, really, because I've never run a deadlift program. Um, and from September to December, I, I had a friend of mine programming me. And I went from a really shit, ropey, uh, 320 in September to Dublin 320 quite nice in, in November um, so I was hoping for a 330 really at least and then on the day I don't know if it was just because we went I was doing all my training on a Texas bar and we went to a stiff bar and I just was completely thrown by it um, but it, yeah, I couldn't even move 330 off the floor I don't know what happened but yeah, yeah bar makes a big difference especially when I always say this, when you lift mm. more weight, it makes more difference because you get more flex on the deadlift bars, so... Yeah, I mean, I'd really got used to pulling that de that te Texas bar, you know, because it is such a different pull from the floor, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. I think I think people underestimate it. And I was, I was like, so surprised doing... Because this is where I met Shane. This is where I met Dave. I met him in uh, India at SCL, you see. It was fucking right. disgusting fucking disgusting that place um <laughs> it wasn't the but, best mate was it <laughs> no it was hang it was hanging absolutely hanging. Yeah, i don't um, think fco will be taking it back there <laughs> no it was uh, but but i i was surprised that in um well i spoke to a lot of the 90s and stuff but like a lot of the 90s guys who were like just moaning about the setup saying oh fucking hell i've pulled 300 in training and i failed 280 today and um like <laughs> I was surprised that a lot of, I was expecting to come like bottom of the pile on that and I pulled 270 on the stiff bar comp weights. Or yeah, that was, wasn't and that it, a PB it, for you at the time? Yeah, it was a PB, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, I, I'd kind of accepted that I was just going to finish really low down and I was like in the middle of the pile. These guys that were, a couple of the guys were showing me videos of like pulling 300 uh, in the, the night before and I thought, fuck me, I'm going to be a bit out of my depth here. 
and then they, these guys are like yeah. pulling 270 to 80 and but, but because they've been doing like say deadlift bar and bumper plates and blah 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 the the flex is um completely different um and i'm not yeah, be interesting definitely. to see what 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 you two think like um I, th I think all skill being equal, you will you you will lift more on a on a, on a flex flexy setup that has more give. But oh, hundred uh, percent, yeah. Um, but but the point is, is that the the so the so fucking different. Like the positioning is completely different. So I, I think it's such an important skill to to actually train for a strongman. Is um, I think that because the you, best thing the best thing to do is to try and find out what, what you're going to be lifting on sort of, you know, if you can find out a few months before, as you start your training program for that comp, you know, then you yeah. can just train on the right bit of kit, can't you? I mean, I was ro I wrongly assumed being a world championships that we were going to have a deadlift bar. Um, I shouldn't assume that really, but you know, yeah, you live especially, there, especially when, when it said on the rules, Dave, Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, fucking right it did. I was, I was doing like about two, something like twelve weeks, so, twelve weeks solid. I failed like fucking two oh five at the start of the prep. Um, yeah. Stiff bar and comp plates. Um, we had um, we had two different frames in that as well, didn't you? you had to flip a coin. You had to flip a coin yeah, to see that... if you got the good frame or the shit frame. <laughs> fucking hell! Yeah, that's that, a strong that... man, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is mate. I think, though, that you should be, um, like, for most people that I program anyway, at minimum, they have usually two deadlift days. So I always think that, like, your assistance based on lift day doing a stiff bar because you don't need the deadlift bar that day. Or yeah. if you're doing, like, stiff leg deadlift or whatever, or 15-inch, whatever it is, use the shittest, worst bar you've got, and then you're, like, prepping for all kind of uh, situations there all year round yeah i mean i've been since lockdown i've been doing my deadlifts on an axle which i've i've only ever pulled an axle from height so pulling it off the floor was just fucking horrendous i didn't know what hit me um yeah mate mate honestly i think i think the transfer when you go back to a deadlift bar i think fuck me like i, I think you'll be you'll have i think you'll have benefited quite a lot from this phase yeah. of doing yeah, doing perhaps. that setup that you wouldn't that you wouldn't really do yeah yeah it's, it's honest isn't it there's no um you know the force has to be applied directly into the axle to leave the floor whereas on the deadlift bar you can almost feed it in a little bit and like take that whip and then and then it starts to move as the axle you really help build that initial um speed off the floor i think uh, and also yeah. the the ability to hold your position off the floor on the axle it just tries to round you it's horrendous yeah, that, that's yeah, it. That's it what, does. That's it what, always gets me as well. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I find with the with the axle and like really stiff setups, like stiff bar with like powerlifting plates, is that I think it's absolutely fantastic for people to develop that leg drive from the floor, because if you don't get that timing of the like kicking that, like almost harnessing that leg drive, then you'll just get mauled into that fucking pulled up, pulled out of pulled out of position big time. Yeah. Um, but but ju just a, just a note for um, for the listeners to take away if they're, they're competing at say novice in as whatever kind of whatever kind of comps that we do. Like see quite a lot of people who are like, oh shit, um, 
does this gym have a deadlift bar? I need to train on a deadlift bar because I do strongman. Whereas realistically, most of the, most of the comps that you'll come across, like, they'll be on a, just a fucking shit bar, really. Just like a standard, It will be. It'll probably be a shit bar with 50s on a field and you stood on a plank of wood, probably. <laughs> that's how a lot of them have been for me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. So, so I, personally, I think it's important to... Um, to definitely prepare for that and um, and not be like <clears throat> you see see quite a lot of people being quite snobby in terms of what what equipment they they need to use or um, like panic if they got access to deadlift bar. I think it's a just kind of embrace what you uh, embrace the di- the kind of different potential setups that you can um, that you can come across and it will definitely help you. So you mentioned before, Dave, that yeah. you uh, never run a deadlift program before. Um, yes, mate. Obviously, since that comp, you ran the, the program up to India, didn't you? But it didn't go uh, as to, you know as to plan as you wanted. But um, yeah. what have you done since then with your program? And then have you stuck with the deadlift program or what? Yeah. So basically, um, when I got back from India, obviously the goal was to work towards Brits. Um, so I stayed with um, this guy called Martin, Reborn Strength. Um, he he was still programming programming me at the start of the year. We just went really light, really loads of volume every week. Um, and then lockdown happened, and he was still programming me for Brit. And then when all comps got cancelled, because he, he does it for free, you know, he he doesn't expect anything from me. And and um, so I thought, but mate, there's no point programming me at the moment. I don't even know when I'm going to be doing a comp, so don't worry about it. And I'll just crack on and sort of do my own thing for a bit. Um, which he was cool with, so yeah, that's that's it for now. And how's it been going then? How's how's training been going for you in lockdown? I saw your um, your grip PB the other day, two hundred each hand, thirteen seconds, fucking unreal, yeah. mate. I'm yeah, I was pleased with that, mate. Um, I, like I said, I'm pretty shit at moving fast, so like I like. While this lockdown thing's been going on, I've been really trying to improve my grip. I think when I start at lockdown, when lockdown started, my it was 180 for 13 seconds. Um, so now I'm up to 200. It was quite a big jump, really. Um, but yeah, I, when lockdown started in March or whatever, I did a load of digging in my garden. I moved tons and tons of earth. And I think I fucked my back a little bit, to be honest. Um, so my deadlift has been shocking. I, I've had really bad pain in my SI joint and my piriformis. Like, just literally just doing around 200 kilos, then I'm screwed for a few days. Um, and it's painful lifting as well. So deadlift has not gone that well. But my overhead is... I've never really done strict press out the rack. Um, but because I've got the use of my gym at work, I've been doing a lot of overhead pressing, like I said, strict out the rack. And that's flown up. Like it was like 130 when I started, and I just doubled uh, 150 the other day. And I'm hoping to to get a 160 by the start of July. So um, yeah, it's like newbie gains. Like I've been training for years, but I'm still getting newbie gains on exercises. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, the overhead's going well. The things that I'm training well are going well. I'm in quite a good position at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think that's quite quite a cool thing that that because of like it's kind of seems programmed into you to to actually train no matter what like always kind of do something the fact that 
you're not getting distracted by comps in terms of like doing specific events and you can't get to a gym and blah, blah, blah. You, you've had a bit of a back injury with the deadlift, but it's a, it's a prime example of something that me and Shane often say of like injuries being opportunities. Like you, you're not just fucking at home feeling sorry for yourself. You're thinking, right, well, I can, I can strip press. I can, I can work hard while I'm at work. I can, yeah, my knees can recover from it. My ankle's fine with it. Um, it's yeah. something that you can that you can almost like commit to and get get a bit more progress with that. Yeah, definitely, I mean, mate. I think I mean, that's co- cool. I was having quite a few issues with my knee, um, sort of the start of the year. I think leading up to India, actually, I was getting quite a, quite bad tendonitis in my knees, and then when I'd done my ankle in India, coming back, that really affected my left knee. And it wasn't like a tendonitis pain. It was like a weakness. On, you know, when you go to push press and you dip, yeah, it, yeah. Just wanted to, it just wanted to crumble. It just wanted to give way. Um, I think I've spoken to you about it before, haven't I? And uh, mm. so doing the strict press for the last sort of couple of months has, has really helped it. And axle press as well. I've dropped the log for a bit and I've just been concentrating on axle. And that doesn't really hurt my knee either, weirdly. I think it's because with a log, it's so cumbersome and you're leaning so far back. When I dip, my knees are dipping a lot further forward, whereas with an axle, yeah. and I'm so upright, I'm dipping straight down. So it's a lot, I don't know, it must be a lot less pressure on my knee. Yeah, makes sense. Got a question for you, though, because you said something twice now. You've said twice that you shit at noon events with lightweight. So what are you doing to fix that? I was just going to, I was going to ask him the same thing. Shane. Yeah, because he went, I think we're, yeah, I think we're thinking lightweight, so I held 200 kilo for 13 seconds and I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, there is method to my madness. <laughs> but it, so, but it seems like, it seems like you're almost like, um, what's the word? Um, I can't fucking think of the word, but you're, you've almost like g- given into the fact that, oh, well, I'm going to be slow, so I'll just make sure I can m- make sure I can finish it. I think Mark, Mark talked about it last week, didn't he? The fact that he's going to get yes. points from, from always finishing and being strong. But yeah. I suppose, why aren't you training speed, athleticism right. and with lightweights? Come Bas- on. Basically, Come on. okay, basically, when we get to Brits and UKs, because they're the two comps, the two domestic comps that I care about. I don't really care about qualifiers or anything like that. Um, so Brits and UKs are normally pretty heavy and more often than not, you only get sort of maybe two, three, four people finish these moving events. Um, so you, I mean, Matt Cole flies with anything. You put anything in his hands or anything on his shoulders and he flies with it. I don't know how he does it, but everyone else is kind of slow and everyone kind of struggles to finish it, really. Uh, and it's about how far you can get. So if I can just be strong enough to hold on to something to get to the end or to carry something to the end, I'll get big points. Um, what kind of weights are you saying? Like, what, what yoke and farmer's weights are you saying people struggle to finish? Uh, so the last, we had them, so UK's last year, we had a 320 kilo frame uh, for 40 meters. Um, Right, and so I, that's very heavy then, isn't it? Right. It's heavy and it's a long way. Yeah. So Matt Cole, Matt finished it. I think he just, he literally dropped it at the turn and that was his only drop. Um, Phil Hawkswell came second and he got probably about 35 metres and I came third with about 30 metres. Right, okay. Um, and then in the same comp, the last medley, we had a 160 farmers for 10 metres at the end. 
And again, it was only Matt, Phil and myself that finished it. Yes, um, they are very heavy grip based events then, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Um, and the yokes, I mean, the yokes are like 380, 400, something like that. Right, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I kind of, I kind so, of see that now. It's just... Um, I, I mean, I went to, sorry, mate. 40 farmer range, if you know what I mean. And I was thinking, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they went up to like 320, 320 frame for 40 meters is madness. I'm pretty sure that's all. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. There's, I think it was 310 the year before. And still, um, there was only Matt and myself that finished it that year, I think. Um, so yeah, it, it's crazy weights. But do, what, what do you what do you do to train um, to train like do you do, do you do anything to try and improve your speed or or, or not or not really touch it or just do like, um, quite heavy events? Yeah, I normally go pretty heavy. To be honest, I'm I'm not very good at uh, being a good boy and and working on my weaknesses like that the thing is i went to southern's last the southern qualifier because obviously you know you start at the bottom and work your way up for the year and um and it was i think it was like a 120 farmers and a 310 yoke or something and um i just my legs just don't i feel like i'm going fast i do feel like i'm going fast and then i look back at the video and i'm getting smashed by everyone and i just can't <laughs> I can't work it out. I don't feel like I can go any faster. My legs are like going like this, but I'm just not moving very fast. Have you tried um, training it at like the 200 kilo range? No, never really, Shane. Um, I, I kind of do that on my warm up and work my way up, but I never train at that sort of weight at all. I'm always training at between sort of well, a tip 3, 320, 350. Because this is the thing, right? If you go by feel and it's slow, but you don't know in training, do you? So the best way to train a yoke is to, for speed, if you're on your own, this is how I do it when I'm on my own, yeah. is put a stopwatch on your phone on the wall next to your yoke. And you've got to press start, get under the yoke, sprint your yoke 20 meters or whatever it is, and then run back and press stop on the stopwatch. And that's yeah. your time for the, the set. And then you can decide then, I, I'm only going to go up in weight when I get this weight under 20 seconds. Time. Yeah. And then work on it. And it might take you two sets to get the foot speed. And then you can go up to 220 or 230 or whatever. And then you can start to get a better gauge in your brain as to how fast am I actually moving as opposed yeah. to thinking you're going fast and not having an idea of time, if you know what I mean. Because I know, I know that feeling myself. I've done it before I finished and I thought, that was quick. And then I look yeah. and I'm like, oh, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, I came 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and, and equally as well, you, you'll, do, you'll do some, some stuff that, um, that, oh, fucking hell, felt mint, felt, felt lightning there. And uh, you, you look at it, you time it and you, your time's down. But, you, but you'll equally do some way where, um, where it feels slow and then you, you, you do the timer or the, I, I like video every set that I do and I think, oh, fucking hell, I felt sluggish today. And then I've like matched my best time from a couple of weeks ago. The, po the yeah. point is, is like, I agree with Shane in terms of if you, if, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. That's, that's one you can take away. Um, yeah. I so, mean, uh, I do, I film pretty much everything to be fair. I film it and then I look back and I look at times and things like that. And if I'm doing multiple sets, I'll always try and beat my last time. Um, 
but yes, I'm normally going quite heavy, which means I don't get the foot speed. Like you said, I don't get the, the speed. So instead of beating your time with that weight, you give yourself a time to do it in. So the weight yeah. is the weight isn't the priority. The time is, you see what I mean? Yes, yeah. And then the foot speed will come with the weight. Because if you're strong enough to move it, you, you probably just need to drill a different motor pattern with your feet or something. Um, yeah. If not, you, well, I've seen you press overhead and stuff. You're an explosive guy. Uh, you've got it in you. You just need to, like, rewire your brain a little bit. And Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It'll definitely, yeah, I think it'll I definitely benefit you. And you'll be able to train yoke more frequently as well. If you go up to three, yeah, that, you ain't going to be able to do it every, you know, couple of days, yeah. That, that's the thing, Dave. That's what I was... That's what I was going to say was like, if you're, you're working in that, say, say like Shane suggested that, say whatever, 200 to 240 range and you're, you're actually getting to the point where like, say four or five sessions in, you're like, fuck me, I'm doing, I'm doing 240, 250 at the, like a split second faster for 20 meters than I was doing 200 meters, uh, 200 kilos, like four or five weeks ago. Like yeah. you will ease, you will easily get that. You will easily get that. But, but because you're going because you're going light, lighter or lighter than what you'd usually do. I think you'll surprise yourself in terms of recovery. Like a lot of people in my experience, like train moving events and the like, oh fucking hell, like um or people say to people say to me, Oh, you're mad, like how do you how do you train yoke uh, farmers every week or whatever and um uh, what about recovery? Is your spine not snapping or whatever? But it's just like a progressive thing, like like anything else that you that you build up. And I I find that to, like so many people go too heavy to be to. I think I think there's a lot of gains to be made at lighter weights actually. And yeah, then... but what you what you got to remember, Josh, as well is people just they they forget the whole principles of training that they apply to deadlift and press. Like nobody starts a pressing program off at 90 percent you know they'll do yeah. volume at light load and but when it comes to yoke people just go oh well i'll do 300 like because it's like the, the weight that's in comps instead of going what's 60 percent of my max yoke over 20 meters in 10 seconds let's do 10 sets of volume so it's just applying the principles that you apply to your static lifts to the moving yeah yeah um i agree so personally, what what I've what I've found really beneficial, like in the last year, is like I've just been looking at my, I, I've been like aiming for a time for like twenty meters. I'm aiming for like eight to nine seconds or whatever, 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 basically as heavy as I can go. And um, probably just over a year ago, was it like two forty for that two hundred and forty kilos? And if I went to two fifty, it dropped me down to like eleven twelve seconds for the for the uh, twenty meter time. Whereas now I'm I'm up to like 300 kilos doing the doing the same speed I can do 300 kilos in about nine nine seconds which to get to that I've been I've been able I've been able to train yoke frequently because it hasn't felt heavy for me because most of the training's been like mid like low 200s mid 200s just working on the working on that foot speed and I just feel like like because because I've like accumulated so much um, consistent practice with it that I could, I feel like I could do, like max yoke every day. It's weird. And it's just turned like, into an intervention we, we of make Dave real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. Faster <laughs> maybe, but never real fast. 
but but that's but that's the thing. If you can um, if you can get a little, if you can sh- shave a little bit of time off by, you know that you know that feeling of when, when you fit when you when you're moving and you feel like you got you you're going as fast as you can and your legs just won't won't go any faster. Like yeah, everybody can what, everybody got, can imagine uh, that. But that's I, trainable. I look, at, I look at I look at people that are moving fast. They've got really narrow, really narrow feet, and I I look at mine and, and my feet are like way out wide. And they're like plodding. <laughs> I just think. Yeah, what? but that's what we're saying about rewiring that foot pattern. Because yeah, you're yeah. going to rewire it when it's heavy because you're not going to be able to think. Whereas when it's lighter, it's like trying to change your deadlift position at 300 yeah. kilos. No, you learn it at 60, 80, 100. And then you steadily progress it upwards and you go, holy shit, that, those changes I made, those two steps back, I've now taken four steps forward. And that's what you do on yoke because when you do that though, Dave, your yoke. You're not just improving your speed; uh, you'll improve your max yoke as well, and you'll improve everything. Uh, it's not just yeah. like it's not just focused on the speed side of it. Uh, it's just a better training principle and overload, and you'll get better at max yoke, and you'll get better at uh, speed yoke, and you'll recover better between yoke sessions because you'll be more efficient at yoke, uh, basically. So do it. Apply these principles, and trust me, because you're an absolute fucking freak. I've seen your uh, all your lifts. If you just ironed out a few little issues, which probably come from coaching yourself, um, yeah. you'd be an absolute animal. Thing is, like you're exactly right in what you're saying. I think I've learned, maybe not learned, but maybe since I started doing strongman. Um, I mean, the early sessions there used to be a few of us doing it, but then over the years, like it's just really me on my own, and there's no one else really here down here that, that does it like that. Not an awful lot. So you like you end up just picking up bad habits here and there you know you don't I don't have a coach um, training on my own so it's kind of like you know hey, it gets it get it gets tough but like the, those moving events mate like fucking oh you, you don't need you don't need a mate with you you just get just get a fucking stopwatch and do it that like that's how I've improved my speed personally in the last fucking 12 to 18 months like massively like hugely yeah. and and I've probably had maybe two sessions where I've trained with somebody else. Like I always, think, I always think though, Josh, I think is running with like 200 kilos going to help me move with 400 kilos. I always think that, that that's, a, that, that's what, that's where you're going to, that's where you're going to be able to work out those mechanical changes, right? If you're doing a fucking 360, 380 yoke and you're thinking you're, you're, moving along with your wide hip position and you're thinking, oh, well, I'm, I might just cha- cha- try and narrow a stance and try and stride out a little bit more. You're not yeah. going to be able to do it. You, you're going to feel no, like you fucking, no. ba- you, you're going to feel like Bambi. But like when you, <laughs> yeah, I, I do, <laughs> you, but, but when, but when you do 200, it's like, you, you're almost going to feel it on your back and think, fucking hell, this is pretty pointless. It's like, it doesn't even feel like anything on my back. We'll fucking move fast with it and do, do like say, um, I don't know, like something like a ten minute, ten minute every minute on the minute, do ten meter sprint or something like that. We, we two hundred kilos, and it'll just feel like a joke. It'll feel like a warm up. You'll feel better going into the other stuff. You're not having to warm up for it. It's not taking loads of your session time. Blah 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 blah. But I haven't seen anybody do it, but like I've honestly benefited loads personally from doing that fucking stupid one mile yoke thing. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not suggesting you do, but, but I get like, run over. 
but like week week three doing half a mile with 220 was a, I couldn't believe how easy it was compared to week one doing 150 kilos, right? But the first two weeks when I was doing 150, it was feeling like nothing on my back. But I was going so far that I had so much time to think about all the little mechanical changes. I was thinking, right, why have I got back pump there? Right, I'll try and move my position there. Oh, shit, that completely eliminates my back pump. Right, my right knee's just pulling a little bit on every, as I stride up. What about if I focus on externally rotating my hip a little bit as a as a step up but i could only afford to do that because the weight's so fucking light if i'm doing 300 yoke for six sets of 20 meters or something just because i can't i can't i can't make those mechanical changes and improve my gait and stuff so also some other like evidence-ish based stuff to to back it up dave so that we can convince you to do it is <laughs> salt air strongman where we first started um, we were literally, there was me, Hixie, Paddy, Paul Smith, Luke Davies, all these people that still compete and lift nowadays. All of us are fast as fuck at yoke, and we all trained the same speed yoke. I've been a 400 yoke at 90 kilo, 20 meters in nine seconds. I'm absolute yoke savage. Hixie's one of the best yokers in the world. Luke Davies is a class under 105 yoker. Paddy's an amazing yoker still to this day, and in his prime was... Absolutely class. Paul Smith, he's obviously Brits and everything. He's a class yoker. And we all started at Salt Air Strongman on the, the 25-meter course doing sprints. And we would we, we said, comps are won under 10 seconds. So we we're all retards, but common sense told us, well, why would we do a yoke run over 10 seconds? Because we want to win the event. So we just made sure everything was under 10 seconds. And that's how we all got good at yoke. And eventually the weights come with the speed. And then you end up doing... 300s regularly in like eight nine seconds and for me personally i haven't like when i trained at josh's um, a couple of months ago i haven't yoked for a year i did a 320 yoke 20 meters in like seven seconds and i haven't even touched a yoke in like three years because it's just drilled into my brain where to put my feet yeah works. it's there already yeah but your brain's going yeah. wide ploddy so you yeah. need to like rewire it so that when you do it it's it's narrow it's fast efficient but playing the devil's, devil's advocate and going on to Dave's side here, I think what everybody should do is like do a needs analysis for their kind of competition and the level that they compete at. And like Dave's just said, like his method is picking him, picking him up a lot of points. Like if, if you improve your speed, with 250, ki 250 kilos yoke over 20 meters by two seconds or whatever, if you could knock two seconds off your time, does that get, still get you anywhere near Matt Cole? Wouldn't do a thing, mate. No, exactly. no, no, so, Matt's like... <laughs> well, you it's just funny, actually. not training yoke, because when I come and compete next year, then I'll get <laughs> Matt Cole for you. Good, someone needs to take him down. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's an important thing is, like, for people listening, like... Assess, like, be realistic with your goals. Assess what is going to get you the next kind of cluster of points or whatever at your comps and, uh, and, and like, work towards that. For me, uh, what I've been obsessing about in my head, right, I, wa I watched uh, Arnold's recently and I watched the under-80s because I think because they were lightning. I watched the under-80s doing the yoke. I think it's about 290 or 300 or whatever, but it's irrelevant. 
And all I was doing was just studying the time of the top four. And it was like mm. between like, I think it was like 7.8, won it, 20 meters. So I was like thinking, right, 2.5 meters per second. That's what I need to be. That's what I want to be at. Um, and to be to be world-class at yoke. And that's what, what, that's my goal in my head is basically get, get fucking as heavy as I can. Um, yeah, I think, I think the keeping that speed, right, but I just think Dave shouldn't be looking at what do I need to do at Brits? I think he should look who are the top, cause he's an animal. He should look who are the top 10 yokers in the world uh, under 105. Yeah. And I guarantee you that in the world that, you know, do you need to be under 10 seconds with a 380? If I can do a 380 yoke and 90 kilo under 10 seconds, then the top 10 in the world under 105 should be blitzing. Well, I know they are. They're, they're blitzing 400 plus in, in, in. Yeah, I went to I went to the official, the first official strongman games. I was fucking dog shit actually. Um, <laughs> but we had 420 kilo yoke that day, and it was 20 meters, and I, I finished it. But the guy that won it. Um, Oh, what's he called? He's an open strongman now. He does Giants Live. He busted his knee at the North American. Giants oh, Andrew Clayton. Yeah, Andrew Clayton. He won it. Um, fucking hell. He did 20 meters in like seven or eight seconds with 420 kilos. Yeah, he's, like, a, he's a big dude, though, isn't he, Andrew Clayton? Yeah, I, that, yeah, I couldn't believe he was in the 105s. He, he, um, <laughs> he was on a drip after his weigh in. <laughs> yeah, I know Andrew yeah, quite well actually. Quite. Yeah, he was uh, he's, he was about one twenty five when he cut, and then just I don't even know how he made his madness. The Americans can cut some weight, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so uh, Dave, what um, can you talk to us a little bit about international comp? So, would you be, like obviously? Um, I knew you did uh, strongman champions league in India. Uh, you've said about official strongman games. Have you done any like ultimate strongman? Um, no, I haven't, mate. I'd, I'd love to, though. I've spoken to guys that obviously have been. I've spoken to Valerie, uh, the guy that runs it, and he's invited yeah. me a couple of times, but it's never really worked out at a time that I can go. I was right. due to, well, I wanted to do the one in, um, in the Ukraine this year. You're going, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm entered, yeah, but I don't know if it's yeah. going ahead. No, um, no. I'd be, so I'm, I'd be I'm, very surprised if it did. Um, yeah, yeah Valerie, I'm, I'm, old... I'm a bit disheartened um, with it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, this this lockdown shit has done that, hasn't it? But I'd love to do Ultimate Strongman. I've done, what have I done? Two Europes and the official Strongman Games and the So, so t t tell us um, how, like, your experience at official Strongman Games as compared to, like, Strongman Champions League and also compare... <laughs> Europe's to worlds as well. Like, how, tell us about your experiences. Um, the the official Strongman Games, I didn't enjoy it one little bit, if I'm honest. Um, I know it's a big. There are so many categories, so many. There were so many people there. You just felt like uh, you were just being herded around. Like, come on, come on, quick, get done, get out. You know, we need to get the next people in. And I didn't really like it. I just felt like, you know, when we went to SCL, all right, it might not have been the best organized comp, but at least it was just us, wasn't it? You know, we, we were the purpose of it happening. Whereas at the, the Strongman Games, there was like, it felt like thousands of people and you were just like being herded around like cattle. And I didn't like it very much. Um, there was so much going on. Plus, I didn't perform very well, which didn't particularly help. But um, Europe's have been pretty good. Uh, my first Europe's was 
was I did terrible. I did I wasn't ready for it at all. But I still went because I qualified, um, and we were the only comp that was running. So that was quite good. We were like in this big hall and whatnot and centre of attention, and it was quite a bit of a crowd. It was quite good. Um, second Europe's was uh, again run by official strongman, and you know there were a few categories, not as many as the world, so so it wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, I, I messed up Europe's the first time. I, keep, I think I came thirteenth or something. And then my second Europe, so I got sixth. But again, I messed up a few things on that. I guess everyone messes up in comps. It's only the winner that looks back and thinks, oh, I'm happy, because they won at the end of the day, didn't they? Yeah, it can, it can be tough at those comps, though, like you're saying, when there's a lot of classes and a lot of people going on, and you just – it's not, not that you need to, but sometimes you feel like as an individual athlete, you can be a bit of an afterthought and it's just like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Out kind of thing. I'm, I'm really, not, I understand my promoters do it, but I'm really not a fan of running like multiple classes and stuff on the same day. I, I hate it. Even when I go as a coach to spectate, by the end of the day, I'm just drained. And I'm thinking if I was competing, yeah. I'd be fucked. Yeah. Because you, you do your event and then like, it could be like two, two and a half hours before your next event. And it's just, it's shit. You're waiting around all day. And it's hard yeah, to get up for it. And then, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, because if I'm like that as a spectator, I'm always thinking, Jesus, like, imagine these guys that have done all the events as, as well. Um, but last time I competed, though, they didn't, they didn't really have anything like that, apart from when I went abroad, it used to be like that. But now I know the women's class tends to put like the 63s and... 82s and opens in the same comps and the, the yeah. official strongman put the 80s, 90s, 105s and stuff on, don't they? So, yeah. In fact, it will. Don't they just have every single person running on the same day, every single class? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, they right. did the year I did it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the madness. Um, so, yeah, my first, no, Europe's, I did 2018. I had a fucking nightmare. I, um, I got into putting baby oil on my thighs for deadlifting and normally it's all right, but uh, it was a car deadlift with a front bar, right? And I had my deadlift suit on, the metal jack, which is not a very comfortable suit. And uh, so I was all up for my deadlift, strapped to the bar, right, athlete ready, yeah, yeah, right, ready to go. And then Rob Frampton, I think it was, who was refing, I think it was Rob Frampton, he was like, oh, well, stop, everyone stop. No baby oil on your legs. I was like, oh, fuck. He said, you're going to have to wipe it off, mate. And I was like, I'm fucking strapped to the bar. He said, where's your bag? You have to get a T-shirt and wipe it off. Right, we were in a sports hall, and the deadlift was, like, right at the back. My bag was, like, completely the opposite corner. So I had to run across the sports hall, in my, in, done up in my deadlift suit, get a T-shirt on my bag, scrub my legs, the baby oil off, run back and strap to the deadlift again. And then pull. Like, I was out of breath before I even strapped to it. And it was just fucking a fucking yeah. nightmare. It was horrendous. So, yeah, I don't, don't do baby oil on my legs anymore. So, <laughs> how does the... Um, have you used the Metal King Pro? Yeah. Yeah, how, how does the... Obviously, the Jack's dual ply, isn't it? And the King Pro single ply. Is it the Jack's like, the, the orange one, Josh? Jack's the orange well, one, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you can they get them... Got black can, ones now. Yeah, you can get them both in orange and black, but 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 basically, Shane, the uh, the the King Pro's the single ply one, and then uh, the Jacks the double ply. Right. Um, okay. how, how, what what's the difference in terms of feel, Dave? I've never used the Jack. In fact, um, I've ordered one. I've ordered one. 
So and I'm going to do a King fucking Pro, massive deadlift. <laughs> the King Pro is much more comfortable, mate. And if you're going to go for reps, I think it's the better suit, to be honest. Um, yeah. But if you want a big single, you know, the Jack's probably better. Although the Jack, you cannot just put it on and pull a big deadlift. It's, it takes like a good few sessions to learn how to get into the right position to pull because you just get down to the bar and, and you pull and it just pulls you right over. It's, it's horrendous. Is it noticeably um, tighter than in the single ply one? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the King Pro is, is a much more comfortable suit. It's easier to get to the bar, but it still so gives what, you a really nice pop off the floor. What about um, sizing? Would you go for the same size? Like off the, me the metal yeah. website, would you... Yeah, I think I had yeah. the same size. I'm 105. Cool. I think I had a, I got a 50. All right, fucking what, what do you weigh then, Dave? Like what round? Uh, I was one, I'm 108 at the moment. I measured actually yesterday morning. I was 107.8, I think. Okay, so you're pretty much like on weight most of the time. Yeah, pretty much, mate. I like. Um, I don't like. Well, I would like to get bigger, but I need for my job. I have to do like an annual fitness test and. And it's fucking hard enough, like having to do that at my weight. My like my shins kill as soon as I start running. My lower back's killing. Um, it's just horrible. You've got to so, like run with the hose and roll it out and all that stuff. Is that what you do? So there's two tests. There's a bleep test which you have to get eight point six, which sounds easy enough and and it's doable. You know, I I don't put any training into it. I just turn up on the day and I do it just because I have okay. to do it. So you get through it. But and there's also like a job related. Um, fitness tests so like you're in all your fire kit with a BA set on your back and you're plodding up and down carrying loads of shit and yeah yeah, yeah that, they're, they're both they're, neither of them are pleasant they're not the kind of thing that I enjoy but um, be a lot yeah, e so be a lot easier after you train your speed yo court time now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right mate <laughs> you'll be fucking flying <laughs> you put any cardio based training in at all then as a I mean or not <clears throat> no not really the only the only stuff I do is if I've got an event with like, you know, um, loading medleys or, or anything like that, then I practice it. But apart from that, then no, not really. So you, you naturally fit enough to be your job then without. Really, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really do cardio like that. To be honest. Right. Yeah. I just know a few firefighters that strength train and they, uh, they have to pop in the old cardio because if they don't, keep an eye on it and they get really out of shape. So, but I guess genetically everyone's a little different. Have you always been a bit fitter when you're younger or not? Yeah, I, I played rugby, um, well, from minis. So I was like eight years old. And then I played like all through my childhood and played early adulthood. I dislocated my knee a couple of times and then I just, I gave it up then because it was like too much hassle having to go trade i just lost the love for it basically i think i was like only early 20s or 23 24 just didn't love it anymore so just quit and joined a gym and that was it really right so did you lift weights when you before that or did you just start at 23 uh yeah i never do you know what i never really properly lifted weights till i was 35 i used to bench and i used to do arms and i used to do like upright rows and stuff like that but right. i never really Never deadlifted, never really squatted, um, never did any overhead press. Yeah, it was mental till I was 35. And then that's when I joined Kerno Gym. Yeah, so you've made some crazy everything progress in four years then, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I look back with such regret that, um, you know, I didn't start all this when I was a lot younger. You know, I feel like, well, 
you know, I've done this in four years. What could I have done if I started when I was early 20s, you know? But I wasn't ready to do it at that time. I was, you know, I was in a different place with my life and I couldn't have put in the time that I've put into it now. So, you know, things just happen the way they do. Yeah, I, I think that strength training is a 10-year sport. And I think if you start at 35, there's no reason why you can't get 10 years out of it to mid-40s. One of my close friends, Ben France, started around about that. And... Um, yeah, he came second at um, UK Masters and stuff, and can't remember who who beat him. It was some someone who used to do Worlds, I believe. So he was, he was high level strongman was Ben. He's kind of retired now. He just plays American football randomly. But um, yeah, he 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 started about that, and I think maybe maybe it's a little late, but I don't see why in your early forties you, you'll have got that eight years training in from forty three to forty five. You know, one thing I will say, though, from just speaking to you, because I don't know much about you till today, you need to get a coach. Do not waste this next five years. Because if this is your five years, fucking get the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got, uh, so I've got a guy coaching me for deadlift. Delroy McQueen was coaching me um, for the last sort of three or four months of, of the year last year in the run-up to Worlds. And he's, um, he's, he's going to coach me again. In my prep for for uh, March next year, because I really want to have a good crack at um, the log record. Uh, okay. So yeah, so that will probably start well, probably relatively soonish. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean, mate. I need I do need someone to work on on my all my other bits. Yeah, you just got a lot of potential, but like like you're saying, uh, you don't you don't want to you don't want to wait to get it perfect. Like get it perfect now. And then, yeah. like I say, in a couple, of, in two years or something, if you get all that potential pulled out of you, you've still got a couple of years left in your athletic prime. And, you know, because yeah. I, I, everyone always says, oh, your athletic prime's this, it's that. I just believe it's that 10-year phase of most people start training at 17, 18, who are good athletes. So they're the peak at like 27. So all the studies show that 27 is peak performance age. But I've seen it so many times. Mark Felix is a perfect example. Started at like fucking 70 or something. He's 80 or whatever now. And he's uh, <laughs> yeah. still strong as fuck. So, 54 I mean, he is. 54. He, um, yeah. He's, that Benjamin he's Button, only his age is back. He's just going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I t- agree, mate. I think 10 years, you know, that's a good good number, really. And I, I, I kind of felt like... Um, my plan, if this year went how I wanted it to go with the Brits and, and everything, I've kind of felt like domestically at 105, that was probably going to be me done. I'd probably do maybe some push-pull comps or I'd like to do um, I'd like to do the Arnolds. Uh, and we're having the first Arnolds in the UK next year, aren't we, in October. I'd like to have a go at that. But when it comes to like domestic comps at 105, I was probably going to knock it on the head then and kind of do maybe have a little dip into the, the world of masters. But um, now that this what, what, this... what big comp would you ideally like to win? Like compare like OSG, U- Europe's, SCL, uh, some of the ma- the big masters comps or whatever potentially next year. Like, what would you like? If you, if you had to pick one comp, what would you yeah. like to Any, win in a while? Do you know what? I, I honestly don't... I wouldn't mind if it was an OSG, an SCL, or an Ultimate Strongman, but a World Championships would be, or an Arnold's, but a World Championships would be, you know, dream come true, wouldn't it? I mean, realistically, I'm looking at Brits, and I'd love to do a Worlds. If I could hit a podium at Worlds, um, that'd be amazing. And, uh, you know, 
never say never. I mean, if you can hit a podium you and the, the events are right, you can get onto the top, can you? So we'll yeah. see. But it has to be the right events, doesn't it? You know, everyone's everyone's got their good ones and everyone's got their bad ones. So Right. So to finish off, Dave, what would you say to somebody who who really wants to do a comp but they're unsure if they're strong enough yet? Um like they're, they're, they're wanting to do maybe a, a novice comp that the, the mates are doing or whatever, but they haven't got much confidence. What would you say, mate? Do you know what? I, I think confidence um, confidence just comes with competing. I don't think anyone's confident going into their first event, uh, their first competition, even if you're like patently the, the, the strongest guy there. I think um, you're, well, if, if you're a character like I am, you're always going to be having self-doubt. So you just got to go and enjoy it. You got to sign up. You got to enjoy the training, um, and just try and enjoy every aspect about the day, um, and take as much away from it as you can. You know, every single comp that I've done, I've taken something away, whether it's been a good thing or whether I've learned a real shit lesson. At least it's a lesson, um, and I like to try and say that every comp there's something about it even if I had a terrible performance sometimes they're the best ones you know you have a really bad performance you get loads out of that um yeah I, yeah. I agree with that yeah uh, how, I, many, I, how many how many comps have you done uh, approximately um I think I've done um around 23 or 24 I think um and how many of those have you done like shit in where you've had like a real shocker uh three or four yeah really yeah. bad like europe's um in 2017 was horrendous like i just my good events i underperformed and the events that i didn't like didn't train that much obviously i really underperformed i mean there was a hercules hold and i've never done a hercules hold before and i literally i didn't even get in the middle of it and didn't really know what i was doing they released it and it just went straight down and i practically fell over um, it was just it was just a horrendous day and I, I literally I left that day just thinking fucking hell this is terrible really and how did how, how did you respond from that how did you bounce back from the well that that the, was like the shockers that was like June or July 2017 and then in August I won Brits so it was like you know you have good really? days and you have bad days <laughs> don't you it doesn't mean you're a shit strong man or a good strong man it just means you had a a really shit day or a really good day yeah um, I think that's a good thing big... to take away because strong strong man there's, there's so many variables stuff can just you can just something can just happen like you can just yeah. drop something that you, you do it a million times and just drop yeah. it or whatever or get a dodgy grip on a sandbag in the heat of the moment and then it costs that you was another feet. one sandbag I picked it up I was racing picked up the final sandbag took two steps fell over like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's just a fucking night. Everything that could go wrong went wrong that day. Yeah, that, that's what happened to Shane. That's what happened to Shane last time he uh, tried to join in with me on a sandbag run. We both did actually. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, re realised quickly on that sandbag run <laughs> that I need to slow it down about thirty pegs. <laughs> yeah, well, I I, did, I started running before I'd really stood up with it, so I was still kind of bent over starting to try and run but i mean it's a 120 kilo sandbag i don't know what i was fucking thinking 
and that was it like two steps and I was just straight over the top of it yeah, it's that it happens at like the work because one year at England, I always fucking say this because that bloody prick Tom Hibbert beat me. Um, <laughs> he, um, my, it was my sandbags as well because they were at Salt Air. I'd done them every single week for about fucking 20 weeks. I had the biggest advantage going into that event because it was my bags. Like, I should have won that event and it's like a good event for me. And because I was so confident, I like rushed the first bag, dropped it. And then obviously he picked it up, went ahead, and then I couldn't uh, couldn't catch him because just of one small mistake. And he'd never even seen the sandbags before. And <laughs> literally, like if he'd have, if he'd have just been able to rewind it and give me one more go, I think I'd have been fine. But <laughs> that specific yeah. moment, and it's haunting me for the rest of my life. Fuck you, Tom. Yeah, it's funny. Like comps are literally won and lost on the tiniest of errors and like you can really beat yourself up after a comp like you said it's haunted you for years i still get haunted by things that i've done in the past and but you know these things happen don't they? you can't you just have to try and get them out of your head the only person that's happy at the end of the day is the winner because you know they won like i said like every single person can look back on every single comp and say if i did that better or if i did that and i did that then i would have got this place but everyone can say that, so there's no fucking point in saying Yeah, I mean, that. even the winner can sometimes be like thinking, Jesus Christ, how did I win that comp? You know, yeah. because I did this, this and this, and feel like they got like had lucky or something. Because, yeah, because again, like you say, if somebody, you can be behind on points and have made a mistake and be behind on points, but then somebody else makes a mistake. So they almost bail you out. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the beauty of Strongman, though, is... Uh, you never know until the day. I would never bet on someone winning a strongman comp because, like, it's just there's so many variables. It's kind of like MMA. You know, MMA people can just get knocked out, can't they? And strongman's yeah. a bit like that. Like, the guy you think's going to win can just make one tiny mistake and then come third or fourth or something. That's another point, actually, going back to what you said, Josh, about what should guys do when they're getting into strongman. Don't go looking on social media at the other competitors because that will just fucking demoralize you and it will make you nervous and it will make you not want to do it. Just go there and do your own thing. Don't worry about anyone else. Yeah, I, th I think that's the thing that we've, we're, we're trying to get the message across repeatedly, isn't it? Like if, if you're, you're doing your, your first season or your first, comp, first few comps, just like focus on all the variables that you can affect and just look for some progression. Like how can you progress on, on each, each little event or whatever? And that's what your success should be should be uh, built on, not position, not how you do against person X, Y, and Z, but yeah. how you do uh, how you do against yourself. Um, like I'll be I'll be interested to see how uh, you do uh, versus this stopwatch, Dave, when you're doing your speed work. Let us know. <laughs> well, you'll see it on my Instagram, mate. <laughs> but I need the gyms to open back up. Yeah, fair enough. Right, we'll call it a, call it a day there, guys. Um, thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, cheers, Dave. That's all right, mate. Yeah, nice, so nice to chat to you both. Yeah, pleasure uh, to meet you and chat to you. Come on again in the future at some point. What? Yeah, we'll do, mate. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, sound. All right, mate. Thank you very much. I'll see you later, lads. Have a great see night. See you, guys. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.